The Fast family is reunited and it's so much fun! Today I'm talking about F9. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. movie friends welcome to scott's self-indulgent movie podcast i am scott and today i'm doing just kind of a free-form discussion of f9 which i saw in a theater it's the first time in over a year and a half since i've been in a theater and i wanted it to be a ridiculous blockbuster experience and i have to say that f9 did not disappoint (laughs) and in so 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 many ways so the general gist it's the standard kind of setup for a fast and furious movie is that we've got kind of we've got this mission where the state where the world is on the line and then uh dom and company get roped in basically via some a a couple of plot contrivances so that's that's the first thing is is uh that that i noted is that it's kind of interesting that they're just in the middle of nowhere and then all of a sudden uh tyrese and Ludacris show up and they're like hey uh, our former handler sent us something that only he only trusted us with, because uh, which is never explained. There's a lot of kind of just loose logic going on. They're like, "Hey, you get it? It's a Fast and Furious movie. What do you want?" And then all oh, away they go. They they scuttle away, uh, Dom's son, <laughs> and go and go from there. And I have to say that it, you can definitely tell that Justin Lin is back in the director's chair because he gives ever is just the way that the action scenes are constructed is that they all. They all naturally build, is is a good way to put it. Each one of them has their own little story they're telling. And there's a lot of individual setups and payoffs within everything. So it all kind of builds to the big stunt or the big moments. So he's really good at kind of building everything to a crescendo, then big moment, and then boom, the scene ends, and then we move on to the next thing. Um, In terms of what the emotional appeal is this time is that it's all tied to John Cena playing vin diesel's long lost brother which is a bit of a stretch in casting though there there's some implication that they have different mothers or something like that um and then it ties back which this is in terms of having to basically retcon (laughs) a brother out of nowhere and to give this an emotional through line making it through family okay cool cool and then also making the through line this idea of you know actual family being lost at one point and um so yeah so anyway so what the the general gist is is that jacob and dom you know grew up together obviously uh, at the racetrack with their father their father was a you know kind of a racer for hire uh, and that jacob and dom were like his pit crew and stuff like that dom was the favored son and that jacob was the unfavored son and so and then, and then we find out that there was this uh, crash that ended up killing their father during a race. And during a confrontation with the driver who caused the accident, Dom, that's where Dom's criminal behavior started. And also while he was there, he discovered that his father's car had been tampered with. And that's what caused the accident that killed him. And so he ties it to Jacob. And then basically that was what he did in the past. And then Jacob is and then he basically shuns jacob for the rest of his life which is what that so that's the justification for why you've never heard of him before and it kind of ties into how dom got into trouble in the first place is that he was on a straight and narrow and then a tragedy happened so i think that's pretty that's pretty good and so um it doesn't necessarily line up with the other through line they have with letty and him being like yes we're together you know and we're this is who we are we like the you know we're not thrill seekers but we go to fit you know f- 
in the face of danger because we're here to, you know, solve the world's, you know, solve problems or just be outlaws or whatever. That doesn't work so much, but um, in terms of, you know, giving an emotional through line. And then what we come to find out, uh, spoilers ahead, because I'm just going to spoil basically everything that happens in this movie. And then spoilers ahead. And um, so what we find out is that Jacob, what he says is that the reason that he tampered with the car was because their father asked him to. And he did it because he was trying to throw a race for money because he was in debt. And so and he said, and then he made a promise never to tell Dom, and no matter how painful it was for him, and he went off to try to become a better version of Dom. So there, there's an interesting, you know, lineup in there. Uh, I'm not sure if it's fully discovered, but I do like the idea that Dom has to grapple with the idea that he failed a family member and has to go from like, oh, I need to put this guy in the ground to I need to maybe bring him back into the fold or tell him I'm sorry or something like that. So that's that's pretty good. Um, and then we bring Han back, which is very fun. Uh, his retcon is pretty fun as well because, you know, despite being killed in this weirdo timeline where Tokyo Drift happens after <laughs> Fast and Furious 6, uh, it turns out that that was faked. And that he was actually tasked by Mr. Nobody, Kurt Russell's character, who's been kind of guiding the shots for a couple movies. And uh, he was set basically to protect uh, this girl who ends up being the key to the the big bad guy plan to uh, basically hold the world hostage through all of their technology, which is the... You know, which is kind of very similar to the last film, uh, but just a slightly, just slightly different. So, so I really like that. Uh, I really like the notion of Han kind of basically raising this young girl. And if we are gonna have another spinoff movie, please make it that. I want the years of Han training this girl to be a badass, and him, you know, <laughs> them living together, getting to banter, and be a, you know, kind of a mini family of their own. And I'll be honest, the, the, the times where they reunite uh, when Han is actually shows up and it's just so tender and especially between him and Dom, like it's a moment you can see like there's a single tear glowing in Vin Diesel's eye. And I really liked that. I'm like, yeah, let's show more of this, like very affectionate hugging between men. Let's show that in more of our big silly action movies. So that much is that much is pretty cool. And yeah, so then they they are playing playing a bit fast and loose with kind of the plot this time, like I said, they're they're saying, okay, we got to take the satellite out. And uh, they're also using tech from Cypher, Charlize Theron's villain from the last film, to get it done. So her character is interesting because I think she is both very... She's an interesting presence because, once again, Charlize Theron just knows exactly what kind of movie she's in and is just relishing every monologue they give her and they give her another awful haircut. I hope they go three for three in part 10. <laughs> but but yeah, but her whole, her whole deal is that she's basically being held hostage by this dictator's son and John Cena's character. And then by the end, she turns the table. She's like, I'm the partner now, even though it's not really what the... I don't know. It's 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 very it's very messy, but it's it's nice because they get her being there is really just an opportunity for John Cena's character to turn, and so that works really well. Um, yeah, and then in terms of the act, and then in terms of the action seeds, we get all over the place. There's, uh, you know, we get all of the kind of vehicle-based insanity. Uh, the main sequences that I'll discuss. The first is the this opening sequence that where they have in a. Uh, it's basically kind of the downed plane of Mr. Nobody where they have to pick up this piece of tech 
that's been taken that's being guarded by like a, a hostile military so they're being sent in for some reason uh mainly because mr nobody feels like he can trust them and so it's this and so of course they end up going against this hostile you know undescribed hostile military and then having to drive through landmines and then having to go over a decaying rope bridge and then finding a way to clear chasm and just all sorts of insanity and something new and different is seeing michelle rodriguez on a bike which was a lot of fun uh her haircut is short which was like she has like a little bob this time and it honestly threw me i'm like i don't think i've ever seen her in not a ponytail or long hair or you know or if it's short it's short short not like little bob with a little curl to it which is different um so that's the first major one. Uh, there's a couple of small fight scenes uh, with uh, Jordana Brewster and Michelle Rodriguez in, in Tokyo as they find Han. And then the next big sequence, let's see. Yeah, the next big sequence is trying to ch- uh, chase down Jacob in Edinburgh. And this is where they introduce kind of the the gimmick. And I, 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 I say gimmick because I feel like every Fast and Furious movie has a gimmick, a car-related gimmick, that is just com- like one or two. So this is... The, the more grounded one, by comparison, you'll understand what I'm talking about. The, the more grounded one, hi, cat, is that they discover that the, the bad guys are using these high-powered magnets or something like that, like industrial, beyond industrial strength, that basically might as well be, uh, a, you know, a nuclear reactor attached to a magnet. And so that's the thing what they use to kind of make the scenes exciting so they can kind of both repel and bring in cars and so that plays a big part in the final scene where they're trying to take down this like impenetrable convoy type armored vehicle so that's a lot of fun and the second aspect is we're going to space they they finally went to space (laughs) basically it's this throwaway moment seemingly throwaway moment where they go and visit the folks from tokyo drift and who are now working on like rocket propel, you know, rocket propulsion on a car. And then they're, and which, which for me, I was just like, oh, they're going to send a car to space. And that's exactly what they do. And it's so much fun and so silly and stupid. So yeah, so that's the finale is like one group of people is trying to take out this convoy and the other group of people is trying to take out, uh, you know, it's that it's Tyrese and Ludacris trying to take out this uh, satellite that this uplink is going to go to with a car that they strap to a rocket and it's very silly and very fun and tyrese's character in particular roman is perfect because he's just the he's just the audience surrogate basically he's the audience pov where it's just like you realize how insane it is that we've done all of this and let me guess you want to send us to space or something and then they're like yeah it's exactly what we're gonna do it's so ridiculous. It's not going to win any new fans, but I really enjoyed it. Um, moving forward, I'm curious if they're going to bring... It's very clear they're going to bring Charlize Theron back. Uh, she seems kind of unstoppable, uh, despite... you know. I really wish they showed the sequence where Jacob, or Jacob John Cena's character like captured her in a midair flight or something and took her down. I'd be very curious to see that. Uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. I wish they, but maybe they were just like, no, we saw that in the dark night and they did it very practically and we would be more ridiculous. So I guess not anyway, but (laughs) so they, they do all that. And, uh, so she's set up for the next one. And then by the end, Jacob is kind of coming to the fold to stop Cypher and this dictator son. Um, everybody minus, uh, minus Shirley Snaren is dead. And uh, Jacob is given a car to kind of just drive off and figure figure himself out. So I'm wondering if he's going to come back. And then the the mid credit scene is Han showing up at Jason Statham's Deckard Shaw's door. So I'm really curious as to who and 
who's going to come back for the final one. Uh, I know it is interesting how not having Rock there, I think, actually improves the dynamic a little bit. Because, not because The Rock is bad in this movie, but because having Dom separated from everybody doesn't really line up for these films. Like, they're really dependent on him kind of being this emotional focal point and having him being the, you know, even temporary villain just does not work, uh, as does not work as well. And, you know, The Rock has a very specific energy and it's not exactly the same, which is why him and Statham go along so together. They have very specific energies and they, they bounce off each other really, you know, they bounce off each other really well. Um, they're both trying to, like, out-tough-guy each other in every scene. So I, I like that energy versus him and Dom, you know. <laughs> and if, we'll, so we'll see if they can even end up in the same general vicinity again because uh, I know they don't get along, uh, <laughs> which is which is its own, own can of worms. But in general, I would say the main thing that I took away from this is just how exciting it was to be in a movie theater again, to see a big, ridiculous action movie on a big screen because... I love watching movies no matter where I am, whether it's a phone, whether it's my, you know, TV or anything like that. But I still love, there is something about the theatrical experience. There's something about being in a recline, you know, being in a recliner, you know, with a friend and just cheering and and just how loud and big and stupid it was at times. It was so much fun. So uh, let me know what your thoughts are. If you've actually gotten a chance to see the movie, like I said, uh, if you, like I said, it's, for me, I felt comfortable and fully vaccinated, and there was basically nobody else in the theater. It was just me and my friend Ben. But yeah, like I said, it, this one I think is a lot of fun. It actually got me very excited for the final films in the series. So that's it for today. Hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the film, and I hope my amusement is shining through, and I'll catch you next time. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time, everybody. Stay safe.